This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. <laughs> Hello to the point listeners. It's your host, Chris oh, Young. God, right out of the right out of the gate, I lost it just by looking at you, Paul. <laughs> just by looking at your face made me laugh. Actually, or maybe it was your dancing or whatever you call that so. dancing. Yeah. To the point, <laughs> listeners, thank you so much for tuning back in, even though Paul's back on again this time. This week. I am. Welcome back. <laughs> we, I am your host, Cristiano, of To the Point Home Services Podcast, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman, my man. What's up? Thanks. Thanks for the welcome back. Again, this is two weeks in a row. You get yeah. to hear my voice again, hopefully, if you let me talk. But um, I'm excited, man. Today, we're doing something a little different. But for me, it's kind of the same. Hanging out with you guys. That's right. So, um, man, we have our, so our guest today, I've known her for a few years. <laughs> a couple. And a you get to know years. her more. I know her pretty well. Uh, so, it has been brought to my attention that uh, part of... Uh, the branding, the marketing of Rhino up to the point that has me in it says, hey, the founder of Rhino. Well, just so it's super clear, I am the co-founder of Rhino along with my beautiful, smart, incredibly intelligent, better half, Mrs. Anna Yano, who is the COO and co-founder of Rhino Strategic Solutions, is in the studio sitting right across from me today. And you're going to get to hear why we tout on her so much and why she is such a uh, credible source here uh, for ev- all of our growth and part of our uh, our big vision and really kind of the backbone of the business. I tell this to everybody. She doesn't hear it. So those who I've met with have he- heard me say it. But the reason is I love what she, I, well, one, she's got a heart to to serve, you know, the trades and also to her, to serve the staff here and to do what's best for everyone. She has a heart to help people. Um, she'll tell you she's a fixer. She loves to fix things. And in this business, there's no, never anything, you don't ever have to rely on that. You know, there's nothing to fix. There's always something to fix. Um, but I want her to share you know what the things that we've done internally that have been, whether it's her vision or she's the one that's executing on it. I always say this too. Um, I'm a shitty manager of people. Um, I recognize my strengths. That's not one of them. I care about them. You know, yeah. I just, I'm not great at managing people and it's not, it's just not what I'm best at. So I, so I really don't. <laughs> I feel loved. Uh, um, <laughs> but I care about you, you know? Yeah. So, but I want to, to introduce real quick, Anna Hey, welcome back. This is the second time you've been on the podcast. You were on an earlier episode. I don't remember the number of it, but it was with Charlene Irna from Irna's down in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, but welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys, for having me. Are you excited? I am excited. I want you to relax and just treat it like you're sitting in executive I retreat with myself relaxed. and Paul I, and Mike. Yeah, I think she looks relaxed. She's kind of sitting back, comfortable. Had looks like she's had some sun recently, so yeah, she's ready to go. Yeah. Can can yeah. I open with kind of a vulnerable moment? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, please. I want to share too. You know, Anna's like my comfort zone, so I'm in my. This is our studio. I'm today, your soul sister. Yeah, this is a, this is now an intervention on you, Chris. <laughs> okay. No, two things I want to share with you. Um, we did a leadership retreat up in Prescott, Arizona, or Prescott, as they say in Arizona, a couple months ago. And Chris and I, we drove separate, so Chris and I were driving back. And I, you know me, I like to ask questions, so I'm asking him questions about his journey. There's parts of Chris's story and Rhino's story that I have either forgotten or you know was still trying to piece together. And he was telling me his story from you know where it started to where it is now, and it's crazy and and so many ups and downs. Well, I asked him 
you know, through that entire journey, who was the single most influential person? And I thought for sure it would have been someone along the lines of Mike Branson, or I don't know, selfishly, maybe myself. Um, <laughs> and I, I shouldn't have been, but I was surprised. He said, Anna from day one. And I meant to tell you that Anna, when we were on our, we had a phone call privately today, just you and I, I meant to tell you that I'm going to tear up. Um, but his conviction in saying it, just how you have been the person that's made him who he is today. is pretty awesome. So I meant to share that. Oh, thanks Mr. Yano. You're welcome. Um, vulnerable piece number two. Oh, vulnerable. So when I first met Chris, I was like, man, I want to work for, I want to work with this guy. We can really, really work well together. We balance each other well. Um, but I was really nervous. It was like the biggest change I was ever doing in my career. Probably the riskiest thing I ever did. And I flew out and I met Anna and I was like, oh yeah, now it all makes sense. This isn't just some crazy guy. I'm talking like, I get it. This is a real business that's really capable of doing big things. So anyways, I'm done talking. Uh, yes. So thanks for sharing. That's great. Uh, I meant it. See, I say really nice things about you. It's just, it might be perceived that I'm the one that started this company. I certainly couldn't have done it without you. The business would not be where it is and what it is today without you. Uh, so Thank you. Thanks, and thanks for joining us. I know this is out of your comfort zone. I know you don't like to do this kind of things. I don't like to put yourself out there, but you're going to do it today. I know. And because you have a lot of value to share with our listeners that can help them in their businesses, regardless of if it's HVAC, it really doesn't even matter the business, to be honest with you. You'll probably have some new friends listening to this podcast and we'll talk about. Um, but I want to share a few things just about what you've implemented into the business. But before we do that, Let's learn who Mrs. Yano is besides married to a guy that looks exactly like Justin Timberlake who has equal charisma and very humble. Just like. (laughs) I'm so lucky. You're really blessed. Pretty much the luckiest girl alive. Um, So let's ask a few questions. So I know you've played the game Would You Rather. So I don't have to worry about this. So (laughs) we're going to start with a little game of Would You Rather. We're going to let our listeners know who is Anna Yano. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Would you rather always say everything on your mind... Or never speak again. Everything on of my course. mind. Of course. Like you guys knew that before there was another option. So this is actually part of what makes you an exceptional leader is that you're not afraid to have the difficult conversations. You are not afraid to speak what's on your mind, but you've backed it up with some sort of like proof, knowledge, vetting. Like I can't win an argument with you even when I'm right because you remember shit that I don't remember and you <laughs> use it against me. And that's not, and that's not fair. And there's a leadership takeaway there, not to get too far into the podcast episode, but I tell new employees when they are onboarding with us and we do kind of a a formal check-in one-on-one, I say that the best thing about this company and working for Anna in particular is you're always going to know where where you stand. You're never going to wonder like, did she think that was a good decision? Maybe. No, you're going to know exactly if it was a good or bad decision and then she's going to be over it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Second. Oh, I actually must save that one. Would you rather... Would you rather have x-ray vision or magnified hearing? Oh, that's hard. You've recently had both. Yeah. <laughs> I would say <laughs> magnified hearing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Me too. Actually, God, that might drive you crazy. You kind of have magnified hearing of, like, in some of these offices. X-ray vision <laughs> outside of like seeing through people's clothes and like seeing in the next room. Like what real benefit is there? <laughs> But hearing, I there's guess, a lot of I like. Guess, I guess now that I think of it. I think you, I think you named it. I think I know. You know, when I was in my when I was in Memphis, I was staying in this in my hotel room, and let's just say, let's just say that there there was some some of the hotel rooms were full, 
and they were busy and those walls were thin. So I didn't really need magnified heating. <laughs> That's for sure. Good grief. It was terrible. Uh, I picked a three star. That was a bad idea. Okay. Last <laughs> Nothing one. Nothing but the best for last you. Last one. I know. I don't mind it. Um, would you rather spend the night in a luxury hotel room or camping surrounded by beautiful scenery? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> These are silly. Of course, I'd stay in a luxury hotel room. Well, that's weird because you were just staying. You were just camping around beautiful scenery because you were at a leadership retreat, right? I was. I so, was. But well, I would have preferred it be in luxury hotel room. Understood. I can learn in both environments, but I think I thrive more in a luxury hotel room. <laughs> So talk about that because one thing that we preach at Rhino is uh, education, always trying to make everybody better every month. You know, we, you need to walk out significantly better than when you came into Rhino. We want to make you better as a human being, as a professional, all these things. So we have our education, uh, our education requirements in place, our education things that do to make all the staff better for our customers. Right. Yep. Well, now we have to practice what we preach. So we do different things to make ourselves better, uh, different trainings to make ourselves better. We read. We've done the traction book that we're doing as an executive team and a leadership team. But you did this uh, leadership conference, we'll call it. Um, like what? So first off, why did you do it? And then what? What? Just explain to listeners like kind of what it, what it was. So um, we have the Masogi benefit. So for those of you that don't know what a Masogi is, a Masogi is a rhino benefit that we pay for an experience or a learning um, that you can go out and do something. But the goal really is to either put somebody outside of their comfort zone or to um, give them a skill or kind of a wow experience for the year. So something they'll never forget. Right. right, Never forget. This was certainly something I'll never forget. Um, (laughs) So in doing so, I was, I was doing different searches and I was looking for opportunities, um, that would combine my ability to grow as a leader, but also push me well outside of my comfort zone. So I did find this, um, I did find a website just kind of in blind Google searches. 97% of the people that attend this um, event are usually by referral. So there's very, very few. Actually, I think I was the only person who just Googled it and showed up. Um, really? Yep. I only, didn't know that. yeah, only one there. It's like very referral driven and referral based. Um, but I wanted to get outside of my comfort zone. So there were a lot of elements that were around growing professionally and growing as a leader and um, spending time with other people that are in similar roles um, and powerhouses in roles that are what I would say are well beyond what my skill set is, but also getting very, very uncomfortable, which is exactly what it did in lots of ways. Yeah. Yeah. You just, I mean, you stayed in the tent for like seven, eight, eight days. How long you were there? Yeah. Eight, eight nights, I think in a tent, but a luxury tent, it was like a glamping tent. So I did have a a bed in there and who, and what was, but I had a roommate. Emily, is that her name? (laughs) Aaron. Aaron. Fuck. It wasn't even close. That was not too far. started with any Aaron. Mm -hmm. Hi Aaron. Shout out to you. (laughs) Not that she's listening to this, but, um, but you put yourself outside of your comfort zone. You accomplished your Masogi and did you get better? Did you walk out of there better than you went in? For sure. I mean, I, I could sit and tell you for two hours takeaways from Can you it. just give me a couple takeaways? Oh, man. Or like the most, the ones that were the most impactful. I've noticed some. I just, I want to hear what you have to say. And then I'll tell you what I've noticed and we'll see if they match. Okay. So um, one of mine was to be a, um, a more compassionate leader um, instead of a reactional. Like it's really easy to kind of react, especially when something's happening or you get 
you know, like, let's be honest. There's a lot of people around here and you get oddball requests and things that are like, sometimes I'm like, what is your problem? Why are you asking for that? Mm -hmm. So, um, like I wanted to be able to be more patient and thoughtful in what I sometimes think are dumb requests or strange things so that I could understand differently where those things come from or what are the drivers or what are the motivators or why do people feel entitled to those things? Um, without just judging immediately. So that was one. Um, so like leading more with compassion, having more patience, um, and honestly, just like learning from people that were there. Um, there's a lot of people that come from incredible backgrounds, lots of experience. And I just wanted to absorb some of that because much of what happens around here is just instinct for me or like, Oh, I think this sounds like a good idea. So like, being around other people who have lots of experience and are making decisions for other motivations was thoughtful and inspiring for me to be able to be part of it. Got it. So, um, we, we talk about trying to be the dumbest person in the room so we can learn, learn from the smart people. Where do you think that you're at on the list of people that were there? You think we're in the middle? Um, bottom. Like, yeah, I, I would. Cause there were some big, big, big players. There. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I would put myself in the, in the middle of the room. Like middle, I how wasn't. Many, how many people were there roughly? There were about 35 participants okay, so. and maybe about 12 to 15 like other leaders who were part of the, the organization. Okay. So like a, you know, a fairly intimate like group. Oh like yeah, for sure. To, okay. So but, mostly men, like 75% male, 25% female. Okay. So did you perfect your Care Bear stare? <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that out there. Uh, I've actually seen the compassion in you change. And I've even kind of experienced a little bit as I, you know, even in here today, which is some of the employees, but you've actually always kind of had it in you. It's just um, like, I see, I've seen you be compassionate with a lot of people and you're super empathetic to, I mean, I know your heart, but when you step into this office, it's different. Like you shift straight into, you know, I'm business mode. My heart's in the right place. My business mode. I'm by the book. I get things done. I'm very low risk. Like, we have, we differ in some of these things. Not that I don't care. A little I, bit. I care. Yeah, slightly. Um, but I was so glad to see you step outside of your comfort zone and go to this retreat and do this thing. And it's a long, like, first off, I've got, you know, four kids, three in the house, and you being gone for seven, eight days um, was quite the task for me. So thank you for also giving me an experience <laughs> this week <laughs> of trying to accomplish, or this past week of trying to accomplish things. And we realized just how much we really need you around the house. Um, but I'm glad that you went and had that experience. So let's do this for our listeners. So thank you for sharing that experience. I love that you're doing that because you lead from the front, right? You do what we yep. say. We, you know, we, we have practice what we preach. But let the listeners know. So you're the COO at Rhino. Um, the only reason I'm the CEO is because it didn't it fit. It's only really the only title that fit for me. So <laughs> really you probably ought to have that title too. Um, but tell me, um, what, like, what is your role at, at Rhino? Like, what is everything that you oversee? So that way, when you start to give examples of what we're doing, people understand what your role is that that falls under. Oh man, my role. Um, I guess in the Everything. most, I, <laughs> in the simplest of terms, um, is making sure that the products that we're selling are, you know, what we're delivering Client on fulfillment, yep. um, that we're, that our staff is trained, that they're, we're adequately staffed, um, you know, that we're doing all of the right things, that employees feel happy and satisfied in their roles, um, developing processes, man, everything, overseeing lots of departments, leadership roles. 
that doesn't mentoring. sound that, that sound like that that is you made it sound simple there's so much more than that i know there's there's a lot i mean i don't know there's there's every i am busy i'm a busy gal for yeah. sure i still service clients i i have accounts that i manage so that it allows me to have perspective of what our employees are experiencing when they manage accounts um, it also keeps me calibrated on the products and services that we're delivering so that if I, um, you know, that it allows me to be sure of what we're doing and what teams are doing and how we're executing so that I'm not blindly just trusting the process or listening to other people, but actually experiencing it myself. Yeah, so you're staying involved in the business. So you can kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what's actually going on, what staff, what's being delivered. So you can't just step away, like put thing, processes in place and then completely step out. Like you're still kind of putting feelers out there constantly and staying involved. So that way you understand the direction of the business and client fulfillment and employee things like that, right? Absolutely. Super important. So that that is applicable to everyone, right? To any business. You have to, you, you've heard the term of you have to work um, uh, on, you need to start to work on the business versus in the business, but you kind of got to do a hybrid of both. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, the, the people part of the business, right? Like the, the employee side of the business and Paul, you can chime in when you need to, but um, I just want to yeah. ask this part. When I sit, like, for instance, I got, I have love when I have, I get to talk about uh, leadership at the company. I've had, I feel like I've had quite a few conversations around leadership. Anytime we have partnerships, they want to understand what does Rhino infrastructure look like to support this type of a partnership. So like with a, with a Linux as a strategic partner or whomever, manufacturer, whatever it is, if it's an, an industry organization, I love, I love to talk about our leadership. Producer Kyle, can you calm down back there? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Throwing shit. You know, what's funny is Kyle's always yelling at me for being loud when the podcast is shooting because I'm always true. in the kitchen screaming. So Kyle, pipe down, buddy. Yeah, man. Pipe down. <laughs> so producer Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, he's like, oh, shit. Of all guests to be sitting in here, it's Anna. Um, holy shit. I lost my train of thought. Oh, so I get to talk about leadership. Um, I always love to say that, and here's what I'll say, um, is Anna, where Anna and I, where the business has done so well, it started with you and myself, and I was on the sales and marketing side, and you were really on client fulfillment and making sure like we invoiced people <laughs> and, and we paid, <laughs> paid for things, you know, important stuff. But those two what things complemented each other so well. And we're going to get into this piece about us working together later. But um, what I always will say to people is that, I believe you're a phenomenal leader and this isn't me like kissing ass. I don't have to kiss her ass or like be saying these things to try and make her, you know, to butter her up. I'm, I say that and I mean it. I say that she is, uh, she makes amazing leaders. But I, what I think is great is that when you have conversations with people, whether they're um, encouraging or tough, I will say um, constructive, that you always have facts to back up what you're going through with it. But behind that, is your heart to help, whether it be the staff, uh, the customers, because you, you know, we take it personal. Like we, we listen. We have client fulfillment is got to be number one, uh, because without customers, you know, we don't have a business. But without employees, we can't serve our customers. So they're like neck and neck, you know. But I love your heart for our staff and the things that you've put in place to to. to um, to make this a phenomenal place to work and to make them feel loved and to feel appreciated. And then, and so the mixture has been really good. I love sharing that you're able to provide that into leadership to help our, you know, to create good leaders and you're great at managing people and you're great at creating managers, all things that are important to scaling a company is leadership, yeah. right? We've heard it from multiple guests on this podcast. So if you're listening, 
Leadership is key ingredient to scaling your business, but you got to have good leaders for your leaders too. So, uh, and people that are constantly creating leaders and it's not just a, uh, Hey, let me do it for you. It's a, Hey, let me show you. So that way you can do it yourself next time type of mentality. I'm the guy that says, I'll just take it and do it. Let me make a phone call, you know, and which is <laughs> terrible. Like that's not how you, that's not how you create <laughs> managers, but you've, you've done well with those things. So I love being able to say why this business has worked. Cause when somebody's like, Oh wait, your wife is the CEO. You're the CEO. I'm like, yeah, we're exact opposite. It's why it's complement each other. Well, but we have support for each other and we know how to leave business, business and personal, personal until executive retreats. Yeah. <laughs> and Which then, even then. That's when all out. bets are off. And then thank goodness, yeah. tall Paul's six foot eight and his, arm, his, 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 his wingspan is long so he can hold us apart and we can find our peaceful way to the middle. Yeah. I, yep, I Guys, hold you do we need to take a we, break? Do we need to take a 10 minute break? That's Paul's favorite we, saying. I, I may <laughs> never say that again because last time I said, can we take a break? Chris said, shut up and sit down. <laughs> We won't take a break, um, but we worked through it. But one of the things, Anna, if I could describe your role in our last executive retreat, you know, we're going through an exhaustive process of really examining the business. And we were going through a list of things that like make this a great place for employees. And then we're going through a list of things that make this a really high performance place for clients. And we discovered that there's like this natural tension between those two things, or you discovered it. And you said something that was super profound. It's like, Hey, you want to be a great place to work, but not at the expense of client performance. And you want to be like the best performing marketing agency for our clients without the expense of our employees' life and satisfaction. And so like where we're at in our journey now is finding that tent, the appropriate tension. And so that's how I would describe what you do, oh, which is you. super, super important. God, you said there's, it way better than me. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's been, um, there's times in every organization where how you have to prioritize shifts. And there were many years where in our organization, it was had to be so customer driven and it was at the expense of, um, my own job satisfaction, employees' job satisfaction, it's grinding all the time. Um, but you need to be able to grow to a spot that allows you to make those pivots and shifts. And um, I'm incredibly thankful that we've gotten to that spot where I can truly say um, I can equally balance and say employees are just as important to me as clients are, and clients are just as important as employees. And um, focusing on both of those needs to be my highest priority all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, everyone listening to this is, you know, involved in the trades. Obviously the labor game is important and it's almost like with, it's easier to retain a customer. It's easier to retain an employee as well, you know? So you got to treat them well and you have to do things. I think that make them smarter. You have to do things that make them, but you have to do things that make them feel loved. You have to do things like there's a lot of stuff that you have to do. And what, what you did 10 years ago might not be what you have to do today. It might be more, but you got to make sure that uh, it comes from a genuine place of caring about them. Cause I feel like when you fake it, it's super like super clear. So don't be an asshole. Be what Paul? Be authentic. Be authentic. Unless you're authentically an authentic. asshole. Unless you're authentically an asshole. That sometimes. Yeah. And I know some of those. Uh, but it's not so. mutually exhaustive. <laughs> right, Anna? Am I right? Yeah, you are right. Thank you. You're welcome. So one thing that, that I uh, can appreciate that we do is we have this exercise that I hope ch actually changes going into our next executive retreat. Uh, we do with all of our employees, we do right, wrong, missing, confusing. Can you explain what right, wrong, missing, confusing is and the purpose of us doing it? How, how like someone listening right now could do the same thing in their own company to get, because the reason we're doing it is trying to see what does our leadership team come up with? What does our staff come So can you just kind of share that process that sure. these guys might be able to take away and do? 
smartac.com, smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. So um, every year we do an, yep, every year we do an executive retreat and that allows us to plan for what is next year. What are our highest priorities? What are our goals? Um, so we will execute a process called right, wrong, missing, confusing, where we'll send out an anonymous survey to all of the employees. Um, and that's really what it is, is what are the things that we are really doing right? Like, what are we good at? Um, what are we really doing wrong? Like in, um, and we do things wrong. We can't be perfect all the time. We're humans. Um, what are the we things that just, things, yeah. yeah. What are, what are the things that aren't working for you? Um, what is missing? Like, what do we just not have? And that could be something as simple as stable internet or, <laughs> <laughs> which has, has been a challenge for us or, you know, a certain body or a certain role that we feel like we've grown into needing. Um, and what's confusing? What's the, what's the thing that every time it comes up, we're all like, uh, I don't really know like how to do that. Or it changes so often that it's confusing or the process doesn't feel mapped out. Um, so we send those surveys out. Um, the, they are all gathered and compiled and put into a document that we can sit and review. Now, I think in a really, a really important part of the exercise is that as an executive team, we do that process ourselves too, without looking at what the employees have provided. Correct. Um, and it allows us to, from our perspective in the business to be able to document those things, um, so that it's not skewed and that we're not just focused on employee resolution or employee challenges, um, but also our own. And it also allows us, once we do start to review what they've suggested, to ensure or, or kind of make sure, like, is our pulse right? Like, are we so far out there and are we so removed that we just don't get it? Um, and I love that when we do this exercise, it always feels like, um, we're really there. Like there's, and not that there's not wild cards that sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, like, you know, totally overlooked that. Um, but you know, I think that we're, we're usually pretty on the pulse and it's a challenging exercise, you know, like right, wrong, missing, confusing only has one like good category. There's only one that yeah. gives you the warm and fuzzies and you get three that you kind of get shit on and, <laughs> yeah, and totally. that's hard and you got to kind of have thick skin. But the purpose of it is to make sure that our team understands that their opinions count and how they feel matters and what they need is important. And then it allows us to really start crafting what does the next year look like? And we bucket all of that um, feedback and information into big groups. And then we spend the next two days talking about what are the deliverables that come from that. Um, If this is wrong, how do we fix it? What do we think is the right thing? What are the steps we need to take? Um, So it really helps us to explore and find where do we feel like we need to make improvements or changes, but also um, absolutely considering the entire team, everybody at all levels, and giving them a safe place to be able to do it anonymously so they don't have to worry one way or the other about how that feedback will be received. Yep. But it's hard, yeah, it, right? Like it's hard. It like, is hard, yeah. It, you know, yeah, it's, like it's if someone brutal. says, you know, what's wrong? And it says leadership. You're like, are they talking oh, about shit. me? Are they talking <laughs> about me? I was like, it's brutal. I'm like, yeah, it's not me. It's got to be Paul. <laughs> but one, one of the, um, you know, the consistent outcomes through that exercise is a lot of things that are either wrong, missing, or confusing, which is what hurts for us to hear the most, 
are really oftentimes misunderstood yeah. yep. or yep. maybe we mentioned it in January and then we just assumed everyone understood what it meant. And so we don't have to mention it again. And so then as we like regroup and, and bake those things into our annual plan, I think the, the thing that's most important is like re-communicating. Here's where we are. Here's what we yeah. said. Here's what we are. And, and Anna, you're like so good at that. Cause Chris and I go through that exercise and we're like, okay, on to the next thing. And you're like, no, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. And you said that this little thing, you, you know, someone said there wasn't post-it notes. Who is responsible for bringing in post-it notes? Like following it all the way through <laughs> is super, super important. Yeah. I want to uh, piggyback on that. It, it is like, this is something that we've learned from having done this a few times now is the context matters. Mm-hmm. So like we get to still have to dial it in because, um, or the fact that maybe this person doesn't know something is in the works. Like, so there's things that but you still address it, you know, but I like as painful it is to, to go through the wrong and the missing, which missing a lot of times we know, like usually we almost are completely aligned with what's missing. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not like a ruler, <laughs> like a, a sh- yeah, sharp, extra sharpies or something like that. But, um, is it, it is, it is really good to, to hear or the perception of the employees to, to see what is important to them. Is there any consistency in it? Is this really something that needs to be fixed? If not, we need to at least address it to, to explain why. So I love that we do this separate and then we, and then even this past when we done, we were so aligned on so many topics that I was like, man, like we are in sync for the most part um, with our staff. And that's, pro- that's progress for us because you, you know, when we did the other one, it was not, as close. Right. And um, I mean, our challenges are their challenges. We're, we are not exempt from feeling those things. And I think that is the spot, spot where you can have empathy and compassion because it's like, we're not exempt from experiencing those things. We feel them too. Yeah. Yep. And we had, one of the things was, you know, as we've grown at Rhino in our Phoenix location is we have suites. Mm-hmm. Right? And so not everybody is all together in one spot and one might have bigger energies than the other. Depends on where the developers are. Uh, I'm kidding. The <laughs> developers are wow. at home. Our developers are, are amazing, by the way. Um, <laughs> but like the vibe can be different, you know, um, yeah. when Paul's in here, it throws everything off. But, uh, <laughs> but one thing that was said was, man, we kind of wish we were all, you know, back together. And, uh, you know, and we just, some of you might have saw in a recent Facebook post, we pr- recently just purchased our brand new office, uh, Rhino office building to bring everybody back together. We listened. Yeah. Now we needed to do that too. So it was time, but we listened and we get to bring everybody back together in a new Rhino building in uh, 2023. (laughs) I think it's important too. Part of the process is to really let the employees know that like, Hey, we're not pretending we have a perfect company. We're not pretending this is perfectly polished and designed for your convenience and the customer's performance or convenience or whatever. It is a work in process at all times or progress at all times. And, you know, showing where all the parts are like that's kind of what the process is is you're just laying it out in front of the employees like here's all the broken parts and here's where they sit and like the goal hopefully is that they would take some ownership in that and say like oh i can help make this a better place to work i can help make these problems that that affect me and impact me so much um you know better yeah well and it's fascinating to see year over year how they compound right like you know last year the challenges that we resolved some of those result in new challenges this year that were unanticipated. And sometimes you make those changes and you end up with a new challenge that compounded from a different. So there's just, there's always something to work on. And there's never a time that, um, that I believe our organization will ever be at a spot that we don't have to focus on those types of things and that we don't have problems that need to be um, looked at and addressed and resolved. Yeah. That's like yeah. I said, you're a fixer and there's always something to be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you kind of, this will sound weird, but you kind of, 
disarm the employee to a degree if they're like, you know, really spun up about something that they don't like a certain process or a certain program or a lack of something like, look, man, here it is. Like we're aware of it and we want to fix it and we want something different or better or whatever it is, like takes it away from them. Yeah. And you can prioritize, like you have to prioritize what, you know, I mean, ultimately you, it is a balance like there's it, and it's just you got to go through it to try and get to this perfect. I don't think the balance is ever perfect, by the way, but you can try to get it as close as you can. When I'm talking in regards to um, employee satisfaction and client fulfillment. So but I think what does uh, is a good metric to measure is um, turnover and retention rate of customers. Right? Yeah. So those are two things that would, you know, what I guess would show what the outcome of those two things are beyond our control is you know, how they feel. So, but I also am, it's been really cool to like the, you mentioned the Masogi, which is a benefit we give to all employees. Um, as some of you guys know, heard before producer Kyle used it last year to take a bull riding school. And, uh, he, he did it. He was, he, he was bull riding and he survived it. Um, and, and I do love that because we love giving experiences. We previously had Rhino X, which is the X stands for experiences. We love giving experiences, not only, um, to our employees, but to our kids and to our, uh, to, um, our customers, we want the experience of working with Rhino to be one that's great. Um, and hopefully it's an experience that grows businesses and creates experiences for their employees or, but also for ours is, you know, so we do some things to enhance the experience of our employees. So I want to go down that path. Um, and we call our employees family. We call our customers family because that is, that's what it is. Does It's not a cliche term that we use. It's how we genuinely feel. Um, it's family. Our partners, strategic partners are family, but, in regards to our staff, what let the listeners know what are some of the things that we've implemented. And what I love about this is that when you shared this at your leadership conference with some of these people who are significantly larger than us, I mean, some companies in the nine figures, one that's in the 10 figure, like big companies, and they're like, no shit, I'm going to implement these things into <laughs> my business. Um, so share some of the things that we've put in place for our employees in regards to benefits besides like, you know, the basic stuff, like the normal stuff, but kind of share with the things that we've put in place that have been successful. And even if it's some things that we've kind of done and changed and why and things like that, but just some things that these, that the listeners could also do to help make the, uh, you know, employment better. Sure. Um, I think one easy one that gets overlooked is employees having their birthday off. Um, Love it. and for me, I always like, I, I hate the idea of when you ask somebody like, what'd you do for your birthday? It's like, Oh, I worked all day. And then I went to dinner. So I just feel like that's a crappy way to spend your birthday. It's one day a year that um, you get to celebrate yourself. And I just don't think sitting at your job, even if you like your job is the way to spend it. Um, so we give employees their birthday off if it falls on a work day. Um, I don't care if they want to lay around and watch TV or what they want to do. Um, I just don't want them at the office and I don't want their birthday to be spent where, sitting here with us. We can celebrate their birthday or that on a different day, but I'd rather them not be here. So that one's a, I think a really easy benefit that has big value. Um, another one that was new this year and has been really well received. Um, I wish more people were taking advantage of it because if they did, I think they would understand the impact and the people who have done it um, are like mind blown. And that is a house cleaning benefit. Um, 
And once a month, employees have an option. They can choose from extra benefits. One of those benefits is a massage so they can go out and get a massage. And um, and that's really like we want you to relax. We want you to take care of yourself, um, you to be able to focus on, on yourself for a little bit. It's not that kind of massage, Paul. Stop laughing. I'm not laughing. You're, you guys are so immature. I want Kyle her. to edit that out because I'm not comfortable with that insinuation. <laughs> nope, it's Dan. Keep going. Nope. Immature. Come on, Kyle. Cut it out. Um, Keep going. And then the house cleaning benefit, um, I really love this one. And, and as somebody who likes to come home to a clean house, like when your house is in chaos and you come home and there's crap everywhere, I just feel like it, it changes your mindset. It changes the way your brain is. When you walk in and it's clean and you can smell that it's clean, um, it really allows you to kind of like just enjoy the moment, enjoy the evening. Um, and especially for those of us that have families that are, are running around, like, and if you get your house cleaned with a family, you know, it looks like shit the next day. Yeah. Um, but it still <laughs> is really nice that day. Um, but I also love the time that it gives back because most of the time people who are full-time employed are cleaning on the weekends. So like, it's not uncommon for Saturday morning, everybody's up and they're cleaning toilets and wiping counters and doing laundry. And, um, so I just, I grew up. right. And, and I love that it gives them not only that moment when they come home of like everything is clean, but it also gives them the time back when it's valuable to them on a weekend where they can participate in things um, that they might have otherwise missed or enjoyed that time with their family or um, just relaxing, which is what weekends are about rather than cleaning their house. So I think that um, putting that little bit of extra money on somebody's paycheck has no value, right? Like it gets crapped away at Amazon or it's a meal here or there. It's not really valuable. And I think that when you do something like that, that's so tangible and valuable in time that it's so well received and it's like an incredible investment into your employees well-being. So, um, those are two that I really like. Um, and, and I'll just add, I mean, you should see the look on people's faces when you let them know your employer is paying for your housekeeper <laughs> or that like, that's, you know, to an outsider. What about to your spouse when you're like, Hey, um, you know, is there a kickoff meeting and Anna's going to pay Anna and Chris are going to pay for our house to get cleaned once a month. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. I like what it does for, uh, I do love coming home to a clean house, even though with three kids in the house now that it's still it gets trashed. Like it's super quick. That. It's like, um, there's like a maybe one hour shelf life, but it's worth it. But it can shift the dynamic between you and your spouse uh, for that evening when you go home and nobody has to, it's clean. You feel better. Yeah. It feels good. Like now you might yell at your kids for <laughs> messing, messing it, it up, up. but, oh, um, but you do kind of get that time back together. So there's like a double win to it. Yeah, so. Um, I think another big one that is is really impactful. Now, this is time consuming and, you know, has a, a cost to it. So it's not for everybody. Um, but that we, when new hires come on board, we coordinate lunches for them for their first two weeks mm, of employment. Yeah. And that is um, that is lunches with other team members. So we'll grab people from different departments that don't get to work together or spend time together very often. And we strategically match them with a new employee. And it allows that new employee over their first two weeks of employment to go out at our expense, have lunches, and just get to know who they're working with. Um, you know, it's not about training. It's not about rhino. It's just about who are you and who am I and what are we both doing here and um, creating friendships and familiar faces so that as you do go through training and you do get to meet other people, that they're familiar and it's not... Um, 
You know, it's not meeting somebody for the first time. It gives you tangible things to connect to them with so that you feel like you've been ingrained into our culture and into our family and you're not just an outsider who's walking into an office for the first time. Yeah, and when we do the, uh, when we do like the survey, or what is the, is it like 90 days or whatever when we always ask like what's, on, we're trying to get a feel for how's onboarding going for each of the new hires. This is always like one of the key things that they're talking about is this new hire lunch, which by the way, during covid was something that we struggled through because we didn't get that opportunity right, yeah. and yeah. we saw the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's really, it, it is um, so important to be able to create environments and ways for your employees to do things that aren't just about work. Yep. Like it yeah. really, 100%. really is. Um, it's why we do team builders. It's why we do volunteer days. It's why we schedule those lunches that just having a relationship that is strictly about work isn't deep enough for the type of work that we do and for the type of collaboration that we need um, for our clients. So for us to invest the extra time and effort and money into creating those experiences allows people to connect better, to care about each other deeper, um, to have connections and, and bonds that allow them to work a little bit more cohesively when they're being collaborative. Yeah, you do. I learned, I learned a lot through COVID with you guys watching this affect you so much, like watching the impact of not having an environment where you could go and sit and have lunch. Like to me, it was like, okay, it's just something we're going to get through it. But like, it really, it just to be transparent, it wore on you guys. Like it was really hard for your company to move forward without having these things. Yeah, it was, it was really difficult. I mean, those were like some of the things that some of these lifts have started to change and mask mandates and vaccinations. Um, like one of the things that I was most excited to start to come back and say, oh, great. Well, whoever's comfortable, like let's start going back to doing lunches together because they really are important and you don't realize it until again, when you do a review, maybe 60 days later and consistently over and over and over again, it's like the number one thing people come back to is how important those lunches were to them. What would you say the cost is for one employee to have their two weeks lunch benefit? Um, we're probably about a thousand dollars. You know, it's probably about a thousand dollars. It's usually about two weeks of lunches that they're going on and it's probably about a thousand dollar investment in that onboarding experience. Yep. Yep. And, and, from an ROI perspective, one, I believe it's there, but two, I don't think there's a way you can accelerate all the touch points the person gets within a two week period any other way. Well, and the the secondary benefit, right, is a lot of teams that there are teams that within Rhino that don't work together, right? Like our development team doesn't spend much time with our billing department. So it allows me when I'm pairing up lunches (laughs) to be able to grab people that don't work together naturally and still put them in that environment. So there is not only the benefit for the new hire, but there's also the benefit for the existing employees who haven't been able to connect with other people because their jobs don't naturally cross over. Yeah. And and how great, like as executives or business owners, like you kind of forget how nice it is to have somebody buy your lunch. So think about the existing employees are like, wow, I get to meet Josh and I get to go have you know <laughs> a great burrito for 12 bucks and I had to pay for it. Like you forget about that when you. And then you find out, the but then you find out when you send them to lunch and they're like, I'm going to take the Wagyu steak. <laughs> Has that <laughs> happened? <laughs> Name names. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened. I think, I think maybe one. We've, yeah, we've had one or one two, or two. Uh, one or two that maybe were, were a little exorbitant that, that we had to pump the brakes on. Now you learn a lot about someone when they order steak and lobster. <laughs> right. <at> lunch, so. <laughs> on your dime. <laughs> yep, exactly. 
What I think that happens though is if, what we're trying to do is create a meaningful relationship, and it's not that you got to be best friends, but just a, a relation, a culture of caring about one another. Because we, the more you care about one another, the more you want to fight for one another, and which in turn yeah. is what's ultimately best for client fulfillment. Is when people want to really help each other, and sometimes that means going outside of your job description to help each other, or maybe even outside of your time that you're supposed to be working to help. You know, but whatever it is, is that. You know, it's almost, it's what we say, family, you, you want to help your family at all. Like even yeah. when they do shit that's not right or you disagree with, you're wanting to help them. And that's, and it's intentionally wanting to help them. Uh, um, and it's not, a, it's not fake. You're trying to create that relationship and that bond is probably a better word between them. One for them, but two also to put out exactly what we want to do. And that's the best possible, be the best possible digital marketing agency for the home service industry, yeah. but you can't do it without can't do it without your staff being tight and a culture of caring. So um, another thing that we've done too, you mentioned service days, you kind of blew past it. I know those who've listened to heard me talk about it, it's important to us. Um, and yes, it can get costly if you look at it short-sighted, but again, it's another way of us giving an experience, not only to ourselves, but to our staff and also to whomever it is that we're serving in the community a chance for us to all bond over giving to someone else. Can you talk about what that service day, what a service day looks like for us? This is something easy that you can implement in your business, by the way, that you're listening to. If you're listening to the podcast right now, it's just, you do got to be strategic when you comes down to the volume of people, but it's something if you can figure it out, I promise you is well worth the time of them going and serving someplace. Right. And, and you can do this in clusters. It doesn't have to be team wide. It can be clustered, but um, we will on a Friday, we will go together and find a local organization within the, um, Phoenix metro area, and we will volunteer together at that organization. And um, giving back is a core value at Rhino. And I, a lot of that stems when you think about, or when I think about the values that we've created, it all stems from um, where we started and where we got here. And it's not easy to start a business. There have been a, like, you know, it's financially challenging. It's draining. Um, and there were times in the growth of this organization where Chris and I needed somebody to give back and we needed somebody to help us. And I always felt like, man, if we can actually make this company work and we can get to a spot where we can reciprocate that, um, that's going to be one of my highest goals. And it's going to be one of my highest priorities is so that we can give back. Um, so part of it was just to be able to return those favors, maybe not directly to the parties that assisted us and helped us, but to be able to pay that forward. I also think when you go and you volunteer and you give back, um, it recalibrates your ability to process how difficult your day really is right. or isn't. Yep. Like it's easy to get caught up in the minutia of work and be like, oh man, today was hard and this customer said this and this employee needed this and this person's pissed at me about that. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, especially when you volunteer at places that are um, foster children or abused women, um, you know, homelessness, when you hear about those problems, you know, it takes away from the fact that we didn't have Kramer in the kitchen this morning or, you know, Petra picked the wrong candy and somebody doesn't like it. You know, like those things go away and it feeds your soul. Nobody leaves a volunteer day and is like, man, that that really sucked to give back today. Now, they're hard. We've dug trenches. Um, yeah. You know, we've done a lot of physical labor and we've come back really dirty. But at the end of it, you always come back like, man, that felt good. It feeds your soul. And I think that being a good employer isn't just about um, feeding your business. It's about feeding your employees and their soul is a big part of that. So giving back and giving them that opportunity to experience those things 
um, without it being difficult or without it impacting their pay is important. Um, and again, it allows them to respect your organization, respect each other, spend time together. Um, so it you know can seem hard and it takes some time to get there, but it is well worth the investment of the time to to go do those things together. That's can we do it once a month, right? Once yep, a month once every a month. Friday. Yep. Yeah, one Friday. One Friday. I did my I did one last month and I dug a trench. And I'll tell you what, having a full inbox of email when I got back was not that big of a problem anymore. Right. <laughs> so now you have a lot more new respect for our dear, dear friends, Charlie and Kelly Sanders at Arizona Trench Company. Shout out. I do. Except, you for the fact trench, was, except he called was, you out. Yeah. He called me out. He was like 18 inches, huh? I'm like, come on, man. This is really hard. You said more like three. So uh, another thing that you have to do, and I love that you put it that way, that we kind of got to give back to the employee's soul. I thought that was really great. Um, but the other important piece to this is education, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, we are a for-profit business and the only way we can continue to be a for-profit is by growing our customers, right? Mm-hmm. And making sure that they grow their business because they are also for-profit. So important piece to that is not only, you know, helping making them better human beings or giving them the opportunity to be better human beings, to feel better about themselves, to feel the love internally, it's now making them smarter. So maybe talk about some of the education things we put in place to help make them become better. Yep. So, um, help them become better. Education is also a core value and, um, and it's important in an industry like digital marketing that's so dynamic and so competitive and a landscape that continuously changes. We simply cannot do the same thing and we cannot continue to be okay with, um, just being what we were yesterday. So, um, in order to do that, everybody has to be focused on improvement. So there's a couple of things. One is there is a monthly education requirement. Everybody at Rhino is required to do education. Um, they've got all sorts of options. It doesn't have to be going to a class. It's not going to college. It can be reading a book, listening to a podcast, uh, you know, reading blogs, um, absorbing video content, training. Some people do conferences. Yep. So however they prefer to learn, I am open to as long as they are growing and getting better. Um, it's an Im- important part for their growth, for their personal development, as well as for our customers. So um, education is a is a really big part of who we are and I think how we continue to stay ahead of the curve in this landscape. Um, the other thing is Rhino U, which is another element of education. Um, it's in essence a curriculum that we created for the entire year and um, different courses that each um, that we, we've assigned different topics to different people within our organization. Not all leadership. Um, there's a lot of employees at all different levels, and it allows them to teach a class to other employees who have credit hour requirements that they have to participate in. And because of that, um, it allows the employees who are training the class, they do 45 minutes of um, 45 minutes of training and then 30 minutes of question and answer. And it really helps them to be able to figure out, one, how do you prepare a presentation? Like, what does a deck mean? And why do you have to, to prepare a presentation? Um, training skills, public speaking skills. It's an education experience for existing customers. It's also um, future trainings that we can use for new hires that onboard. So it's not always about um, specifically them growing and what their practice or their job is at Rhino, but holistically growing them to understand what are their coworkers doing? What are their peers doing? um, What do we do as an organization for customers? And it makes them more well-rounded as a participant and um, as a leader or a facilitator of the class itself. I love it. Yeah. 
Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. No. Go ahead. Go and ahead. and uh, um, and probably the next one I, I think that is a a good one that we use that also leverages um, education and critical thinking skills is committee processes. And this one's a hard one for for I think business leaders to relinquish control, myself included. It took a long time. Um, but creating committees of employees to make big decisions for your organization is important. And I'll give a, an example of that. Um, we needed a new CRM. And for those that don't know, it's a client relationship. Um, sorry, I'm getting really distracted by the, the movement of Paul's computer. It's, it's my computer, actually. <laughs> what do you think I feel? I'm so dizzy. <laughs> Poor Paul. Um, so the, the CRM is where we, we hold all of our client relationship data and, and their phone numbers and their addresses and what we've committed to and, and all of those things. Um, it is really easy when we need a new CRM for me to come through as the COO and say, this is the right CRM for us and this is what I've picked. Um, and for anybody who's purchased software or been through these processes before, you know that nothing is going to be perfect out of the box. There is not any software or any tool you're ever going to buy that does it exactly perfect. Now, if I make that decision as the COO and I roll it out, um, what ends up happening is there's kind of murmurs about why this product sucked or this software sucked and, you know, how I didn't know or I didn't evaluate this one or I didn't do that. So instead of me making those decisions, I form committees. So um, the last one was a CRM committee and I gave them three that I thought were good fits and told them to review five other ones. And they sat down and they did all of the demos. They did all of the pros and cons, all of the pricing. Um, and they spent about 12 weeks doing that to come up with what did they think were the best, was the best option for our organization. And that was all different levels, all different departments. And, um, and ultimately, they made a decision. I went with their decision. We've implemented that decision. But it creates an army of people within our organization if somebody is frustrated by it or um, doesn't, doesn't think it was the right fit. I've got an army of employees that were part of that process that are like, no, listen, like we vetted out a lot of things. This one's the right fit. And here's all the reasons why. So it eliminates some of that and it gives them the ability to be aware of how decisions are made and that they're not always easy. Um, it's collaborative. It forces them to be forward thinking about our growth and, um, how those decisions, what what the tool that we select doesn't just impact them, but other departments and other employees. So creating committees and forming groups like that for them to do collaborative work takes um, responsibility off of me, sure, but it also is a, is a huge growth and learning moment for them. So you didn't mention the good time committee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we created a good time committee. And what's the purpose of the good time committee? To have a good time? This is a big yeah. one. Yeah, the good time committee, um, their, their purpose is to plan our team builders and to plan our volunteer days. Um, for many years, I've done that. And I felt like it was it was time to turn over the reins. So we've got a, a group of team members, again, all different levels of our organization in different roles. And they get together once a month and they plan out what is the next month's volunteer day or team builder? What are we eating? Um, but they also get to plan out extra fun things like maybe potlucks in the office or um, kindness week that we did last week, random act, random of, act kindness. of kindness week. So um, talk about that a little more random because that was a big deal. Like we so, were all in the fields last week. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wasn't here, so I wasn't in the field. Oh, that's right. Sorry, oh, guys. Chris. I was oh. in Costa Rica at my retreat getting the field. I, kind of, right. I talked about this on the Chris Confession a little bit, but I'll kind of give it to you super that's fast. Right. Yeah. It was pretty amazing to watch our Slack, which is our internal communication um, on random acts of kindness was employees doing random acts of kindness for other employees. 
And so they would share in our Slack channel um, the things that they were doing for others, which was awesome to see this long list of all the kind things that people were doing for one another and then the reactions to them and the replies to them. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about a place everybody's like feeling the love? That was pretty cool. And then what was cool is it's it spurred off people doing random acts of kindness for others outside of the company, which is yeah. like which was so fantastic. So that was a really cool idea. I don't remember who's so well it was done. A good, good time, time committee. committee. Yeah, they crushed I, it. I loved coming back and just looking at all of the historical slacks and seeing. I was like, oh, I can't believe I missed that. So it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. So um, because we're getting late into the podcast, I want to segue super fast into one other thing that's really important. Um, and then we'll have to finish with this too, for the sake of time. And just. Um, so Kyle, I appreciate you holding my computer while it charges. So that way we can That's see Paul's what that face. Is. You're doing I've good. been trying to figure out, like, did they put my face on something? Yeah, so no, for no. Those, so he's literally one. holding the computer because yeah. I forgot to plug it in between, uh, using it. So anyhow, um, so last dizzy. thing is now listen, if you're, li if guaranteed, if you're listening right now, you've either work, you either have, are working with family, a spouse, you know, a, or friends at your company or you have, and it's either been good or really bad. <laughs> um, and I find that I think a lot of times maybe it goes more bad than good. Um, but we've experienced, well, I guess we've kind of had some both, but I think we're, we've, we've been mostly successful with it. And I genuinely believe it's because of some of the things we put in place, but even more specifically for you and I is we learned, um, or we had to learn about a one A and a one B. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and when am I the, the 1A and you're the 1B and in which situations would you be best equipped to handle it? So you're the 1A and I'm the 1B. It seems like I might be the 1B more frequently than the 1A <laughs> uh, and I'm okay with that. But that's something that you do have to, if you're, ha if you're struggling with the decision-making and you have, you know, um, a lot of shifts in the kitchen, somebody's got to be a 1A and a 1B. But also, uh, so I want to talk about that piece, but I also want to talk about understanding the, the, you know, when you, when you have family come and work for you or you have friends come and work for you, that there is a straight up hard line and accountability that comes with that. And so can you talk about, cause I feel like we've done a pretty decent job of, we have quite a few, we have friends that work here. We have family that works here. Um, can you just talk about what can make that successful or what's made that successful for Rhino? Um, yeah, I think, I think that, um, having family, like if you, if you consider yourself the rhino family, whether they're actual family or, um, friend family shouldn't make a difference. Like family is family. And a lot of that really comes back to, um, fairness and holding everybody accountable to the same standards, um, direct communication, even when it's hard. And, and I think sometimes it can be harder when it's a, a spouse or a friend or a family member, um, but in, in fairness to all of your employees, you need to make sure that you are a direct communicator, that you hold everybody to the same standard, that they've got the same amount of accountability, the same rules, um, same requirements that apply to them, but also that you hold the line of when it's personal and when it's business. Um, and for me, that's just, it's naturally and clear cut a really easy process. Like I don't, if something's hard at the office, I don't leave here and think about, if I was going to dinner with that person that night, it's just not part of my process to even worry about what happened at work because that dinner is a social dinner and I'm worried about who they are as a person and um, what is that relationship. And at that point, my my um, my time spent with them is to pour into them as a friend or a family member, not to pour into them as an employee. So knowing when to hold those different and to be self-aware enough to, um, if you're going down the wrong path, to pump the brakes 
um, and back out of it and not have those conversations when they're not appropriate is a, a big key element. Yeah. And I think one thing that we've done that I believe you implemented in our interview process was sharing not only what's great about being a rhino employee, but also some hurdles that they're inevitably going to be going to see within whatever role it is. So we're being very transparent, which another one of our core values Mm -hmm. with what the experience is going to be like working here, but it's, it's really holding the line. And once you give, if you have these, these um, positions that they're going to fill, that they have specific tasks they have to do and you hold them accountable to those tasks, you cannot let them slip. Like you cannot and especially when it's family, because then everybody's looking at it like, oh, you got that position because you're, you know, your family or whatever. But uh, when well, it's not fair to them as people either, right? Like giving somebody a free pass because of their connection to you isn't fair to them. It doesn't develop them. It doesn't contribute to their growth. It doesn't enhance the experience of whomever else they work with, whoever they're impacting. So when when you're making decisions like that, you really do still have to consider the global impact to your organization. And it's not about that one-to-one relationship. It's about what it means for everybody. Yeah, great. I love it. Do you have anything else, Paul? I was just going to say you do a remarkable job of that. And it's so much easier to hear you say it than actually like apply that if you're listening to this and you've got family that works with you. Like I've seen you shut it off at five o'clock and go right (laughs) into, I mean, even with disagreements with Chris, you're like, okay, no, now you're my husband and the father of my children. So we're going to like, it's like nothing just happened an hour ago. So it's pretty remarkable. It's like your superpower. And that's not normal. I don't think that's, it's hard to shut it off. Yeah, It's like we had to practice. We have had to practice that and even like stop each other Mm -hmm. and be like, we got to pick this up tomorrow because now we have to go do these things together. But it all, I've also used it, husbands, if you're listening, um, I've also used this as a time to when she gets mad at me at home, which never happens. Um, <laughs> Maybe once. But once or twice. when she gets mad at me at home for something that was probably ridiculously to be, to be mad at, um, I'll use the fact that she has to talk to me at the office to work my way through it. So by the time we get yep. back home, she's kind of like, well, she's had to talk to me, so there's no... It's a good tool to use. So. Yeah, it can't give him the silent treatment all day at work, and he suddenly on those days has a lot he needs to work with me on. He needs <laughs> yep. my opinion. Like, he suddenly cares about my opinion on how what he's doing yep. <laughs> a lot more. He's like, hey, uh, what's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> what do you think about this? I've been noodling this, and I really need your opinion. I'm like, I know exactly you know, what he's I'm doing. Really like, let's just go ahead and go back through operations again. How can I help? You know, yeah, I just, I've always been right. thinking about how can I help. That has never come out of your mouth. <laughs> so, so one, first off, thank you. I know we're um, getting close to like an hour into this podcast and uh, and Kyle's arms are getting tired from holding the computer but think, but th- you're good okay so he, he said he can keep going all day he's like going to do wall sits here in a minute go ahead and do squat there you go uh, I, I just I think humility and self-awareness too like in the 1a and 1b point like oh my gosh you have to um, have humility to know like this isn't my strength and as much as I want to have opinion or I want to make this decision it really isn't my strength or my skill set. And you also need to be really self-aware of what your skill sets are and what they're not. And um, because we're naturally so different, I think it's an easy line. In some businesses, that might be harder if you're very similar. But because we're naturally different, I think those lines are easily drawn without even us verbally articulating it to say, you know, this is obviously my 1A and that's your 1B or vice versa. Yeah, and I would say um, if you struggle, because there is a natural division there that makes it a little bit easier. One thing that we've done as a uh, leadership team is we we're reading through the book traction mm-hmm. and doing some things that can kind of help put those things in place for you. I would recommend that. Like we're, I've read through, I think chapter six, but we're as a leadership team, like on chapter 
two. Just going into chapter two. Yeah. But even like so far, I see why it's like why people kind of rave about it. And every time I bring it up, I feel like a lot of organizations have read it. So it's an easy read. I hate reading, but it's an easy read. Um, I, I think that we're going to get a lot of value. And, and just to, to compound on that is we were trying to read it as an executive team and we were doing it. And as we got a little bit through, we were like, you know what, this makes sense for the whole leadership team. Correct. Yeah. So we're reading one chapter at a time. Every other week we are meeting for an hour and a half to talk about what did that chapter mean? What did we learn? How does it apply? What should we get out of it? Um, and I would say that last meeting was probably one of my favorite leadership meetings we've ever had. Yeah, I felt was, like it I was agree. so engaging and so involved. And I really think going through this process with them and not just doing it ourselves um, is going to be a big growth opportunity for them as leaders within yeah, the organization. Yep. yep, totally agree. And listen, if you if it feels like man, I don't know how to like really conduct that. You can Google like traction EOS uh, employee employee operating systems coaches, and I guarantee you, there's one in your market somewhere that can help you do it, or you can find them online too to help guide you through it. But you can you have help. But it's a good recommendation, I guess. If you if you don't really know where to start, maybe start there. Um, thank you. I know that of all the people in this company, your time. <laughs> is very, 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 very limited. And so thanks for taking the hour to be with us on the podcast and to help our listeners. And I certainly know that um, the things that you've just shared in our business have helped us kind of on our up and to the right movement uh, of the business. For those who don't know what that means, it's the uh, rocket ship that we're on and the growth of the company, but it's not just the growth of the business itself. It's the growth of the staff, which is equally as important. So hopefully you can take some of those things and share them. And I think what was a, what, what was really cool on making us feel like, yep, we're doing the right things is when you go and sit with these billion dollar company people who are like, holy shit, that's fantastic. I'm going to implement that. It's kind of a nice little pat on the back. So thank you for uh, being the backbone of this business and being such a, a great human being with a good heart. Um, and again, thanks for the time on here too. And, and listen, Anna is uh I would give out her email address for people to reach out to. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. However, <laughs> if you reach out to the To The Point podcast, go to the Facebook page, like it, go to the Instagram page, like whatever, and you reach out. I promise you, if you wanted to connect with her, we will make that happen. I am, I am happy to help brainstorm ideas of how to implement things if you're not sure how to do it. Thank you for joining me in TP. You're welcome. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, so I'm going to finish up with one last thing again, like I normally had do, and that's reading off a review. And this one is from CSHA96. CSHA96. And the title is Improves Your Day-to-Day. Five stars. Do we ever put anything on here other than five stars? Do we have anything other than five stars? I don't think so. We don't. Have, oh, we don't. don't. I, I actually looked on the plane, and there are nothing but no five-star reviews. Hell yeah. yeah. Way to go, listeners. Thank you. Let's add more to it. I want to read more. I want to start reading multiple per episode. Um, so the CCA96 says, if you work in home services and you're looking for something that'll actually make a difference in your day-to-day, this podcast is for you. The tone is fun and playful, but the material is legitimately helpful for HVAC plumbing, electrical businesses, and marketing. So thank you, CCA96. That is exactly what the purpose of the podcast is to get to the point. We appreciate you guys so much. And please leave us a review. Okay. Listen to the end of this podcast. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. We want to hear those reviews until next time. We'll see you. Listeners. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really Really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, 
we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.